relax, take a deep breath in, and get ready for the podcast. <laughs> Starting in three. Oh, maybe we should get some mood lighting in here, man. Oh, should we do that? Yes, yeah, good. All right. Okay, we've set the scene. We have gone for some blue moonlight, moonlight, moon. I can't say the word mood lighting. Not moonlighting. You know moonlighting. It's kind of like moonlighting. I think that's probably why. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit like blue moonlight, isn't it? Yeah, man. I actually, uh, I so, might invest in one of these uh, these lights. It's nice to see your face um, from above, so in, you can't see my double chin. <laughs> no, it's nice to see it in person. With the last few of these podcasts, we've done it over over the internet, so. It's nice to have you here in person in the same room. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been virtual, as you say, as we know. On that COVID thing. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Long distance memory. Right? Mm. But uh, yeah, as as you all know, you've been away on holiday. I haven't killed you. You are mm. still alive. I'm still here, people. <laughs> but yeah, so um, apologies to everyone that uh, regularly tunes in. Um, we uh, yeah, we took a little bit of a break. We've kind of taking a bit of a back step we had a bit of a chat today about it and like we want to come back to the podcast and you know make it bigger and better and um you know really really focus on that so i think that's what we're going to try and do over the next few weeks or so you know try and get some really really good guests on board and make it really really exciting for for people listening and us as well we yeah. want to make it really good fun for us as well not just kind of you know making content for the sake of it yeah definitely there was a chance to uh recharge your batteries um so yeah. to speak but uh yeah how how was your holiday was it good it was nice man it was very hot um it was like it was like between um 30 and 35 degrees every day so it was like some days it was a bit too hot and when you've got a five month old baby you know <laughs> it's uh you know taking her on holiday for the first time and on a plane for the first time in the heat it was kind of hard but it was a really nice time we were uh had a really nice relaxing time and then went to the beach and done lots of nice stuff went to some nice restaurants and just chilled and done some karaoke in the uh, in the bar <laughs> you love your karaoke absolutely love it love it, yeah. love it. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good man that sounds good um i definitely need to get away at some point soon um things that don't involve diy and ripping up my floor and because the house is ancient and it's got woodworm <laughs> so what's been popping in your world for the last few weeks well okay so um yeah i, I own a um a fairly old house built in like uh, 1930s and this is going back uh probably about yeah pretty about two months ago so in in our dining room we have like um just the original wooden floor and one morning uh me and me and Sam made breakfast, set out at the table, and then I go to sit down on the bench. She's she's sitting on one side of the bench, and I go to sit on the other side of the bench. And um, all of a sudden, the legs of the of the bench go through the floor, and I go flying backwards, um, nearly knocked all my breakfast all over the place. And I was just like, Jesus, have I put on that much weight that I'll go through the floor now? And oh, um, no. Yeah, pulled the bench out of the floor, and that's when discovered that the floorboards were all uh, rotten. 
So, um, yeah, I had to, um, the past few weeks ago, rip up the entire old floor, get rid of it, make sure there's nothing else like rotten and then just lay a new floor in. That'd have put a few, ch- a few hairs on my chest doing that. <laughs> I tell you what, like, um, I did a stupid thing of, uh, I've been using like hammers and swords and that for absolute years. And when I was doing the laminate, for whatever reason, I completely missed the block I was meant to hit and I twatted my finger. I got mm. the biggest oh, blood blister ever. And like, yeah, my, my whole nail was all like sort of like, um, sort of like swollen up. So I was like, yeah, you need to, you need to stick a pin in it. I was like, I'm not sticking a pin in it. I was just going to leave it. Man. How's yeah. it today? I was, it's, I'm completely healed, man. You don't need me to kiss it better? You can still kiss it better if you want. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say no to... Uh, to... So we um <laughs> we had this kind of weird thing last night. I wasn't going to talk about it because it's not really that much of a big deal. Yeah. But considering this is a ghost paranormal podcast, I c- it's probably it's genuinely probably nothing. But just last night, something just weird happened. I just got this weird feeling. I was like, it's just weird. It's just strange. So um, Sammy, we were home yesterday just doing all sorts of bits. And then um, she comes up to me just like at night time, just before we go to bed. She's like, why did you put um, Violet's little book in the bathroom? Like a little, just, you know, she's got a little book. And um, I was like, I didn't. I was, I was like, what do you mean? So I came in there and the book's just tucked in on the, you know, the radiator, the towel rack thing. And the book's just tucked in there. And it's like, I, I was like, I didn't put that there. She was like, well, neither did I. I was like, well, you know, if I saw it on the floor, I wouldn't put it in that, but in the bedroom, I'd put it downstairs. Yeah. And she was like, same, I wouldn't just put it in the bathroom. And, you know, there's no reason for it to be in the bathroom. She wasn't in the bathroom reading her book or anything. None of us took it to the bathroom. It's just really strange. Like, I just got this really weird feeling. I was like, what? Like, none of us can explain it. I said to her, you know, one of us has probably just done it subconsciously. Yeah, you're taking a pill or something, you need some reading material. Yeah. And you forgot your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go read. Uh, this is a cat. <laughs> Feel the cat's fluffy ears. <laughs> Next page. Oh, this elephant's ears are so rough. It's actual sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. Like, I just can't... Neither of us could explain it. How we got there. Like I said, one of us probably just did it subconsciously without thinking. But um, Yeah, it's a bit creepy, man. Who knows? Yeah. Never... never. We've lived here nearly two years now. Never experienced anything. Like, feels pretty comfortable here. Sammy said um, the other day, she she said to me, do you ever just get this vibe like, you, you know, someone else is kind of here, you feel like you're not alone in this house? I was like, not at all. Like, genuinely, I get that. Yeah. Other places I've lived, I have got that. And you just, you don't feel alone, you feel like someone's watching you. But here, I haven't got that at all. I said no to her, no, no, not at all. Um, like, why do you, do you feel like that? And she said, oh, thinking of it. I think it's just because you like you creep up on me and make me jump. <laughs> I just kind of feel like I need eyes in the back of my head. I'm always kind of like watching over my shoulder. Oh yeah. man, yeah. That's the same with with, uh, with my house. Like, even though it's like what is from the 1930s. Um, again, yeah, I've been there over a year now, and um, I've not felt not really re- felt anything. It just feels mm. like. Um, yeah, it just feels like my my own yeah. sort of space. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? To just feel comfortable in your own house without feeling like there's just another presence there. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely with my last house, um, I definitely felt like, um, wasn't all the time, but uh, every now and again, um, if I was on, I didn't 
when we first bought the place, um, I um, Sam was working abroad and I had to stay there on my own overnight. And I, I really, I don't know why, I just felt so uncomfortable. And mm. I, was, I was sleeping in the front room. And I think... Uh, you never know in a new house, do you? Like, no, no. So You never know how it's going to go <laughs> at midnight, three in the morning, what noises you're going to hear. Exactly. So I, like, I didn't even have a bed. It was like um, a mattress on the floor with a... I had a sleeping bag or something. There was a TV in the corner and I set... Um, it, the TV wasn't connected to any aerials or anything. It didn't have Wi-Fi. So all I had was like... Um, harry potter <laughs> so i'll stick harry potter on until like just hoping that i'd fall asleep before um, the scary parts come yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but yeah that that house although nothing evil happened it just always felt like that um yeah there was always sort of you're not someone alone. else yeah someone else in the house sort of thing um in terms of like you know just be in the front room watching tv you just in the back of your head to hear that michael jackson song just you are not alone <laughs> just creep it on your mind yeah i have it on repeat anyway so yeah before we begin into t- today's episode i'd love to ask anybody listening do you know somebody with a really good ghost story or do you know somebody that knows somebody that's had a really chilling experience uh, it'd be amazing if you could reach out to them if if you know it's a really good story We'd love to get them on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, feel free to message us or email us at yourghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, yourghoststoriespodcast.com. Yeah, or, or even if you've been a, a guest on the show before, but you have, um, as I say, a friend who's got a, a story, jump on with them and... Um, More the merrier. Yeah. More the merrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to crack on with today's show. What have we got today, Nigel? So today we have uh, we've had an email sent in from um, Andrew Dexter, old Andy, Andy, and uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll start. I'll start reading it out. Your ghost story. Your ghost story. I heard your podcast and I love it. I got something you may want to share. Something that happened to me, my family and friends in the 1970s. This was a truly genuine experience that occurred in, oh God, here we go. Words I can't pronounce again. It's got to be a Welsh story. <laughs> Bargode. I think I said let's, Bargode. Let's try our best here. I've just got to just move my mic one sec. Something that happened to me, my family and friends in the 1970s. This was a truly genuine experience that occurred in Bargode near, yeah. I'm murdering this. We're just going to have to um, make up as we go, I think. Let's go. Bargode near Caerphilly. How's that? Caerphilly. Caerphilly. Yeah, it could be Caerphilly. And it convinced a skeptic and a non-believer, so it's well worth a look and needs to be documented. Are you up for documenting stuff? Should we go go to this place? Let's document it. So, um, (laughs) as Andrew said, let me take you back. Rural Wales. Medieval times. God knows how to say this name, Nigel. How do you say it? Google Google told me. Go on, what does Google say? Google says it said like this. Welsh is such a weird language. No offence to any Welsh people. Gwenshlu. Gwenshlu. Okay, so let's just go for that and try and remember that. Gwenshlu was a king, a warrior. He was also unjust. He and his 300 men abducted the beautiful princess Gladys. She was innocent, but pure. 
but her father was angry and confronted Gwen Shlu. You will not marry my daughter. Gwen Shlu protested, I'm a fair and just man. A battle enraged, and in time, Gwen Shlu went ahead and married Gladys. Back in the day when you can just, you know, when you wanted to marry someone, all you had to do was uh, fight that dad. <laughs> <laughs> I will marry your daughter. <laughs> so anyway, they had a son. They named him, oh, here we go again, Cat, Catwig. Cat, Catwig? Should we just go for Catwig? There's no I, but it could be. Yeah, Catwig. 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 Let's just call him Catwig. Anyway. Catwig grew up to be a wise and pious man who was elected abbot and was responsible for more than 36 monasteries in south-east Wales. Gwenchlu and Gladys moved to Newport and the years began to pass. By the time Gladys was in her 50s, she grew weary and she and Glenshrew parted, which is good for us in this story because then hopefully we don't have to say their names. Um... Gwenchlu anymore so um, Nigel I think you should take the rest of this story the journey was long and hard was it now <laughs> was it was it just the journey well or was it Catwig who knows what goes after on after all his back you know, rise to power anyway where were we the long and hard journey <laughs> the journey was long and hard but she returned to the village of here we go. Gilligir. Where she <laughs> yeah, was looked after by servants. <laughs> where she was looked after by servants and shepherds. It was in Gilligir she died. She was the mother of the valleys, a place of learning, a row of dwellings, and a house of God was to be named after her in the farming village of Bargo. There was a small monastery in Bargo where French Benedictine Benedictine? Oh, man. Yeah, sure. Benedictine monks. Benedictine monks <clears throat> farmed for produce and daily prayers. The monastery was named <laughs> Guilfard Fargo Foi in the 15th century. What did you call me? Foi. <laughs> in the 15th century, it was a farm that had a priest hole for the monks to escape to a systematic dwelling at Langlacfoi Manor. Man... I'd just love to know what happens down a priest hole. Have you ever been down a priest hole, Nigel? <laughs> I don't been think invi- invited down a priest hole. I don't think they let me in. Not Catholic enough. No. Um, um, where were we? It's these, a bit these... hard with these Welsh words, isn't it? Langkayak Foire Manor and St. Catwig's Church in Gilligir. It's been told that one of the monks committed suicide after witnessing something and never spoke of it. He carried the guilt with him for eternity, and his ghost is at haunts. Wait, he carried the. No, this isn't worded. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he carried the guilt with him for eternity, and his ghost haunts the Gilfark Fargo Foire premises. William Edward Gladstone sounds like a quite an English name. Yes, yeah, one that um, I can pronounce. Served four terms as prime minister. He died in 1898. A large three-storey Victorian property was built on the grounds of Cardiff Road, Bargo, a mining town in South Wales, 17 miles from Cardiff. We've been there. We have been there. A couple of times. Yeah, a few times. Eight miles north of Carfilly. 
It was completed by 1900 and by 1917 Henry Jones and his family lived there. His son was taken prisoner during World War Two. Naughty boy, wonder what he got up to. Fighting the Germans, I think. It's not explained in the story. That's like... We have to reach out to Andrew and ask him to fill in the gaps. Not joking, let's carry on. By 1923, a newly married couple by the name of Michael and Evelyn Kimmett lived there. They had a son, Elvin. He died at Gladstone Villa in 1924, just four months old. Oh, it's gone a bit dark. His funeral was a strictly private affair at the new cemetery in the village of Bedwellity. Of the village of Bedwellity. I can't. I can't. He's killing bed me. Well, be, 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 he's killing me. He's always, bed wetty. Bed, oh, I don't think he says wet. Well, he might bed say wetty. Let me carry on for you, Nigel. Let, Go me, on, take, you let me take, take this for you. Gladstone Villa loomed over ominously over the houses in Cardiff Road and towered over the former Gildarf Foed Foir farm that was to become the Rafa Club, the oldest building in Bargode. By the 1960s, the Higgs family lived there. Bill and Rita. Oh, great names, those. Bill and Rita. How about them? They're very classic for... Uh, they sound like 60s names, don't they? They met in the 1940s. Rita was from the Ryle in North Wales, but moved to Bargode in 1935 to 59 St. Gladys Avenue. They married in 1949. Their only daughter, Caroline, was born in May 1950. She attended Bargode North School and was to become St. Gladys Junior School. Carol left school in 1965 and got a job at the bakehouse in Baldwin Street. Incidentally, where the other monastery stood, very little of it remains today. She met Douglas Dexter, who worked the night shift. They dated three years before marrying in Cardiff in April 1968. They moved in with her parents at Gladstone Villa, Douglas and Caroline had a son. She named him Andrew. Wait, let's put our uh, detective hats on here, Nigel. This email was sent by Andrew Dexter. And who's the mum and dad? Dexter's. So this guy who sent this story, is this is a story about his mum and dad. True story. That's a true story. Let's kill, oh, maybe, hopefully. We got this uh, to our email. Did we, just, did we explain that? But yeah, anyway, this, this came to our email. And uh, Andrew wanted us to read it out so it didn't kind of get lost in history without being documented. So here we are, documenting it. Murdering on the all internet. the names. I'm really sorry, Murder, Yeah, really, really sorry about about this, Andrew. Um, you know, we're not very good at uh, Welsh pronunciation. I'm, I'm all right at Russian. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've had a bit of Russian before <laughs> settle, on a previous episode. Settle Google Translator for hours. Like, how is this pronounced? But we're, we're getting to the good bit of the story here, I think. Right, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm let me, uh, pipe down, Nigel. Pipe down. Um, where were we? Where were we? So, yeah, they had a son and he was named Andrew. It was then things began to occur. It started off rather quietly and then got worse. Sounded like, you know, people jumping onto the landing from the attic. Whatever it was eventually occupied itself in the master bedroom, which incidentally was Bill and Rita's room. Footsteps would be heard on a daily basis, mild poltergeist activity the occasional but rare sighting. Carol saw the full, solid figure of a monk. She described it in detail as a short figure with a hood over its head. She didn't see the face. 
a priest was called. Um, I'm I'm losing it, Naj. Yeah. You take it. A priest was called to Gladstone Villa and blessed the property after some prayers. Silence for a while, but it did return. A medium was called to Gladstone Villa. He went into a trance, but he could not get a name. But he confirmed that there was a presence. The family left in June 1978 when two local businessmen brought Gladstone Villa and changed their name. This left a profound effect on the family and Douglas Dexter had a series of breakdowns after that. He died in 1991, just 44. This was indeed a genuine experience and I would be delighted if you could research this. The Ghost of Gladstone Villa. Thank by you. Searching. So yeah, he, w he wants people to yeah, that's really research this yeah. by searching The Ghost of Gladstone Villa. He says, yeah. please Google it. So if people want to out there, want to Google it and come back to us with any information they find, we'll be happy to um, send this on to Andrew or talk about it more on the podcast. So yeah, this is quite, um, it started off, you know, a lot of deep history and hard words to pronounce, but yeah, it's um, quite... Sorry, sorry for your loss uh, or your father, Andrew. Um, yeah, I can't imagine how that feels. Um as I say, this this uh, this email, although sort of long and full of history, um, it, it just it's left me wondering, like, um, what what happened there to um, to cause um, a series of breakdowns? Is it was that from living in Gladstone Villa, and um, was it haunted by? It sounds like it was haunted by the monks, um, but. Yeah, there's mentions of of a of a, a king and a warrior. Um, was his presence in the place? Yeah, it's a bit of a um, sort of open ended, really, isn't it? Would be an interesting one to to look into and see what if you know other people in that area have experienced similar things. Or that was my ankle just cracked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much, Andrew, for sending this in. And like we say, anyone else got any stories to share? You're more than welcome to come and join us on the show and talk about it yourself or, like Andrew did, send your story through email. Yep. Thank you so much, Andrew. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. So it's been fun getting back on the podcast. I've really enjoyed this episode. I hope you have too, Nigel. Um, it's been fun doing it in person again and I hope we can do a little bit more of this. Um, and yeah, we hope everyone at home listening or in your car or riding your bike or uh, go for a run go for a run or parachuting listening to this <laughs> it's a big street parachute it might be it might be one person parachuting listening to them. they're probably thinking oh yeah i'm parachuting right now and we're talking to that person and they probably feel quite valued as a as a listener to your ghost stories podcast on that note so, totally off subject i just got a notification saying oh my god we just had a mini earthquake or a sonic boom or something who was that from of my Raf, I don't know what she's on about. Really? Yeah, I don't know what she's on about. Um, I wired the cooker in last year. Uh, oh, I, God. Nothing's happened. <laughs> Just to um, clear, be clear, Nigel is an electrician. I am, but if you've got any work that needs to do around your house, don't ask. I'm not coming around your house <laughs> <laughs> unless the price is right. Four, four bottles of beer is is no. But yeah, on that note, uh, it's been. A fun episode and we will see you next week for another episode of your ghost stories sleep tight